1: I tell you what, the the people that we have lined up, this year's lineup, they've done a hell of a job, Nicholas Lamperton, at getting this together. Obviously Carl Budge did such a good job for a long time, but Nico has done a fantastic job. The roll call of players we have coming to the classic this year is fantastic. And to chat through a little bit of tennis here in New Zealand, and we'll also see if he's been watching, which I think is called the United Cup across the ditch, we'll ask him. It's Sib Levy who runs the Seb Levy Tennis Academy. We talked to him a while ago, and he's been good enough to take a call today. G'day, Sib, How you going, man? Hey, all Good, thanks. And yourself? Yeah, yeah. Loving it. Seeing out uh, the end of the year here at SENZ, and it really is kind of like the start of the tennis season again, isn't it? Because a lot of these pro tennis players have had their off-season. They ate their Christmas ham, but they also were trying to get the cardio in and not lose it.
0: Yeah, no, it's really exciting. It's just it's a really good vibe here back in Auckland with all the, especially all the women who get here a few days early to prep. Um, obviously, the weather's been amazing and everyone's excited to be back in Auckland after a couple of years of not being able to have the tournament.
1: How important to the New Zealand... Explain it to us. You're, you're right in the... You've obviously come through it. You've, you're right in the heart of it. The ecosystem of New Zealand tennis, um, how important is having the ASB Classic here for just everything tennis across the board in New Zealand?
0: Yeah, look, I think I think it's critical. I think any international tennis event um, in in New Zealand is really critical of, of all ages, obviously starting from the younger players. But obviously, this is the pinnacle, pretty much of of sport. And for a tournament of this size, um, the Classic does just an incredible job of of getting so many top players around. So it's, you know, I work with a bunch of kids, and all of them are just, you know, they're here watching training all day, and they're so excited about it. So that's kind of like, it's a bit of a fact that you can't you can't put a dollar value on, you know, to be able to inspire kids and get them motivated to do this one day, it's really it's really
1: critical. I completely agree. The way you can just wander around and, and not necessarily rub shoulders, but you just get, uh, you know, like literally can overhear interactions between professional tennis players, their coaches, you can see them going. It's like something that we don't see throughout the year. So I think it is so important. This year, I know you have run your eye through the form book and, and have a couple of names that you're very excited about. If we start with the woman, Who's a couple yeah. of players that we might not necessarily have clicked that are going to be here that you are very excited to see get on the court?
0: I mean, I think. Um, I mean, first of all, first of all, it's an incredible lineup with obviously Coco, um, top seed, and then Rotticano yeah. and Fernandez, who are you know just so entertaining to watch, and and either of them could easily win the tournament. and so so up in the air. Um, I think I think probably the the biggest exciting factor that I'm looking forward to is. Um, Linda and Brenda Frutova, um, the two sisters that are, you know, one's 15, the other one's probably 18, and they've just been, they've just been dominating everything in the last year. So that's going to be really exciting. They're, they're you know, potentially the new wave the new of Grand Slam champions, um, and obviously being sisters is, is pretty cool. Um, so that's probably personally who I'm most excited to watch. Um, but, again, it's like first time in the year, everyone's put in a couple months of hard work, and uh, it's really anyone's tournament. There's such a good lineup, so it's it's anyone game.
1: How often do we see players come through the ASB Classic at the start of the year and go on to do uh, outstanding things? I, I, the name is just escaping me. The young Canadian woman who came through and did a hell of a job, then went on yeah, to win a Grand true. Slam. Um, uh, just the a name escapes Bianca me. Bianca uh, Andreescu? Yeah, Bianca Andreescu, yes. Yeah. And and yeah. we've yeah. had so many cases of that throughout the years, haven't we? At this time of year, yeah. you get the players right on the upward swing of their trajectory, and it's amazing to look back at the honour the honor roll.
0: Yeah, 100%. And I think, to be fair to to Carl previously, and I'm sure I'm sure Nicholas will do the same in terms of tournament directors, they've really picked, you know, they haven't necessarily always picked the biggest names in tennis, but they've picked very exciting names and players that... Have often gone on to do something pretty incredible, and I know a lot of players on tour, boy, both men and women, they they cherish they cherish this tournament here because they, they often got their first opportunity or their first great experience out here. Um, and I think again, like you know, just a, as a as a general tennis fan, I think that's just awesome to come down here and see so many players that potentially could be winning grand slams in the next 24 to 36 months.
1: There's a really curious case of an absolute global superstar. Who's going to be at the tournament? And that's Emma Raducanu. She's probably the most famous person that'll be at the tournament. Oh, actually, maybe that's because Venus is coming back, right? But I- I- Emma yeah. Raducanu, she is yeah. globally huge Mm -hmm. and her tennis probably isn't where she would like it to be she's had her struggles since she obviously shot to stardom as what was she 18 when she won the u.s open like what what, from on the court what can we realistically expect from her because she'll have people queuing up to watch her but when we actually watch her tennis what could we expect
0: well i think it's 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 just very much dependent on, on the opponent and the conditions and you know, it's often a bit of early nerves for the start of the year. So it's really hard to say, but I mean, one thing's for sure, she's, she's got the level to win Grand Slam. So she's got the level to win, um, you know, the ASD Classic, that's for sure. But there's just, there's such a big, such a, there's just so many players who play at such a high level that if you're not on your game, you're probably going to lose. So, you know, being the first, first event of the year, like, I hope she does great. I hope she, you know, I hope she goes all the way because it'll be exciting to watch her. But at the same time, there's just so many exciting players that it's, you no, know, it's it's a difficult position for her to be in, I'm sure.
1: We know, like we we, I always wonder with people like her, and obviously Jenny Bouchard never won a. Um Uh, Grand Slam but I think she made the semi-final of of Wimbledon when she really had that massive year you kind of wonder how much they're off the court and you don't call it a distraction because they become it's their job, that's how they make a career for themselves and how they probably look after themselves and their family so you don't knock it at all but you just do have to wonder how hard it is to continue to grow as an athlete when you're Mm -hmm. pretty much known for more what you do off the court if you know what I mean
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's, uh, in general, it happens when people at such a young age, you know, there there have been some Grand Slam champions that have done it in their, you know, mid-20s or so, but generally, especially on the female side, when girls push through so young and do so incredible, um, you know, there's always that expectation on their shoulders. And to be honest, it's very hard to live up to. There's not many players that have won multiple Grand Slams at any age. Um, So if you've got to to carry that on your shoulders for so many years and, you know, you're in a country that loves their tennis, um, you can go and, you know,
1: a lot of those players
0: have great agencies as well so they manage to get huge deals and things. So it's it's a tricky it's a really tricky place to be in and, and at the end of the day, um, you know, <laughs> tennis is one thing, but you do spend another a good sixteen hours of the day not on the tennis court. So you've also got to do things in that time. But I think it's I think it's a really difficult situation to be in. I think there's very few players that are able to handle it and have the environment around them to to make sure that they they keep working hard, I think that's probably the most difficult part.
1: I, I actually do wonder. It's a good point you make, and I wonder if we have unreal <laughs> expectations of what success looks like, especially on the women's side of tennis at that elite level, because mm-hmm. we we have seen you know oh, what Serena did to the game, the way she changed it. The the fact is, you don't have many consistent multiple group uh well, grand slam winners i was going to call them group 1 winners but it's it's kind of like you just it's so hard to do to be consistent for whatever reason so i guess maybe we need to recalibrate what we expect on the men's side it hasn't really been like that the game's been dominated for so long by these players that have been able to be consistent over decades of of time do you think casper has the ability to become a mainstay of the top 10 or even top 5 in the rankings for a long time
0: I think he's he's got a very, very consistent game style. Um, he's a player that, that might not have the game to beat the best players um, on a regular basis just because he's a little bit more of a counterpuncher. He's got a huge forehand, but he doesn't necessarily have the biggest serve out there, which is which is quite tricky in the men's game. Um, but he's definitely got the consistency, and he seems to have a really good head on his shoulders. Um, and he, he puts in a lot of work, plays a lot of tournaments, so gives himself a, a very good chance every year of winning quite a lot of events, which... Um, I mean, obviously, everyone wants to play tournaments, but he does play a good seven or eight more than most of the other top 10. Um, so, look, he's, he's number two, so he's not far off, or number three, rather, at the moment. But he's, he's definitely not far off. But just the men's game at the moment is really exciting with so many young players coming through that it's hard to say who will be the next top five for the next 10 years, as we previously had with, obviously, Murray, Fedor and Djokovic, Nadal.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah! Again, probably unreal expectations. Um, Cam Norrie, people will be so excited to see him back in New Zealand he's the one that got away really at the moment <laughs> there'll be there will be so much of that chatter he's got yeah. the tool set to win this tournament right he is he could win pretty much any tournament he goes and that's the way I see it and I just love his yeah. confidence levels in his game at the moment and understanding what it is to be a professional because I think he's what 27 or 28 now he's done it for a while and he seems pretty comfy with where he's at yeah I mean
0: look it's really incredible and i I mean, obviously, him being a Kiwi when he was younger, did him come through since he was about 15, 16 years old, and and what's really impressive with Cam is just the just the intensity and the consistency he's had throughout his whole career. Um, you know, it wasn't necessarily someone who who came on to the top 100 and then the top 50 and top 20 super quickly. He just he just worked and got better and better and better, and you know now he's just outside the top 10, but he's been in the top 10, and that's just you know, that that's just more credit to his personality and his perseverance, and obviously. Um, his game style and the way he competes out there, his physicality is really incredible. So he's, you know, he's, he's been top 10, I hope, and I wouldn't be surprised if he was top 10 again um, in the next few months. And uh, it would be fantastic if he was able to get a result here. Because he has, uh, even though he plays with the GB Flake, he has a Kiwi at heart and his whole family's here. So I know that he, uh, he really loves coming back here too.
1: Oh, there will be so, be so many people uh, whipping him home. We've got Fabio Fagnini, of course, John Isner, yeah. uh, David Goffin. There is just as equally a, a good men's draw, which has not always been the case um, during the time of the Classic or the Heineken Open back in the day. It's it's pretty exciting stuff, and it gets underway in not too long, only a couple of days. Hey, I don't know if you could help us, year, but I'm trying to work out how the United Cup ties into yep. the tennis calendar and, and what it's all about. I've had versions of this throughout the years. Do you know where it kind of sits yep. and how long it's been going?
0: Uh, so this is the first time it's officially been the United Cup. Um, they previously had the ATP Cup which was men only, but this United Cup um, essentially brings the men and the women together similar to what the Hopman Cup did. However, the Hopman Cup was an exhibition so there was no points um, on the line. So this is kind of a combination of the ATP Cup and the Hopman Cup um, which is essentially like the Davis Cup tie, but with uh, boys and girls combined. So it's uh, something new. Um, I know Tennis Australia has put a lot of money into this. Um, so it's a it's a it's a massive event that they're able to play in a few different cities. So it is quite exciting. Um, and I, I really like the fact that, you know, the women's and the men's tour are coming together a little bit more and um, just showcasing the best of both because it's it's a different kind of tennis. Um, I don't know. Some people have a preference for men's tennis. Some have a preference for women's. But in any case, both you know, both uh, both do an incredible job. And it's really, it's really exciting to see them play together. And even the mixed doubles might come down to the line um, and play a big a big part in who wins the play
1: so if this grows and really takes off which I can see it doing, does that make is it is that a worry for the ASB classic just timing wise?
0: Um, I mean I, I don't necessarily think so I think I think first of all um, the event here is just so well done and the players love it so much that you know that's that's something that players will often choose before a grand slam rather than going to the bigger event because they want to prepare in the best way possible um, I also think that the United Cup is a great event, but it doesn't necessarily guarantee um, players four or five matches in a row because of the format they might only get a couple. Um, so most players want to play more more matches um, before they get into a Grand Slam. Um, and I think it's. I think there are a lot more team events coming up. Um, there's a lot of, you know, there's the Northern Cup, there's obviously Davis and Fed Cup, and there's, there's a lot of team events. And I think tennis is an individual sport, and I think generally people to prefer to play individual sport. Um and and lastly, uh, and lastly, there's only a certain number of players that can play the United Cup. So whoever's not playing will probably be here. So I don't think it's a worry. Um, I think every year, you know, Australia puts on something that's massive and we're all like, oh, a player's going to keep coming back. And they, they do. So I don't really think it's a worry, but I think it's actually a little credit to, to what's done here and, and the whole team here, of how, how great of a job they make the players feel welcome and, and keep coming back.
1: Yeah, no, very, very well explained. Jeez, you're rational. You almost be a good tennis coach. <laughs>
0: I hope so, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> Okay, mate. We'll probably
1: yeah. we talk again yeah. during the tournament. Love to get your read on things as it my progresses. Pleasure. Appreciate it, Seb Yeah. No, my pleasure. See you there you go, Seb Levy. He's very, very sharp, Sebastian Levy. He's got that tennis academy downtown in Auckland. Um, ha <laughs> ha! You can't, ma- you can't make this stuff up. Well, I'm going to wait for kids to get off the phone with Seb and then I need a witness report to this. So, I'm not kidding. Right now, literally, as I just said goodbye to Seb, ASB Classic, your media accreditation request confirmed. We're all on. It's literally come through in my email as of, uh, as we've let Seb, Seb go. Is it for you? Yeah. Nice Lou. Do you think they were listening? And they went he passed the sniff test. Or oh, probably they were like, Oh, heck, we didn't we never got back to Louie on his thing. That's embarrassing. We, we to do it now. We weren't sure if he knew what a double fault was, but I think we he passes it now. Hey, let's go, you ripper. See you down at Stanley Street. Let's go. I can't wait. Yeah, the ASP classic, not far away. Dean Foxcroft. You don't find many better days out at the office in T20 cricket than what Dean Foxcroft had yesterday for the Otago Volts. He'll be up after 2.30. We're going to go to race five at Topor in just a bit as well. You're listening to SCNZ Summer Days. Aren't we having a blast here until 3 o'clock? The Cricket which is played by Pakistan and the Black Caps in Pakistan. Boxing Day test. Well, day five and a chance to win it is coming up tonight. Live on ESNZ, Daniel McCarty, Jeremy Coney, Garth Galloway, Richard Petrie stretching his hip flexes for you live on air. You don't want to miss tonight. It could be a historic night. We're going to try and win a test in Pakistan. be the first time and oh, that's a really good question. If they ever want to test, maybe a long time. I'll go and figure that out. It's 18 minutes past two o'clock.